Hi, and welcome to the 12th House Podcast, where we make the unseen seen. I'm Michelle Pelazon, your friendly neighborhood Pisces Sun Cancer Rising Scorpio Moon projector podcast host. And I'm so happy that you're here. Welcome. And thank you. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Really though, thank you for subscribing to the podcast and following it and listening to it and your reviews. Oh my God, your reviews. I read every single one of them. I send them to the team. <laughs> every time we get a great review, I send it to the holisticism team and we all do a happy dance. So thank you for being part of this journey with us. It's so exciting and I'm glad you're really loving the podcast so far. And I can't wait to hear more of your feedback and your suggestions and your ideas. So shoot me a text at the number in the show notes that goes to my phone. (laughs) And you can't call it, but you can text it. I love hearing from you. And it's really me. It's not a robot. (laughs) Promise. Typos and all. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really excited for today's episode because I'm talking about how I use the Akashic Records in my business at Holisticism and how I use them above and beyond what I do at Holisticism. And Oh yeah, this is going to be a good episode because there's so much to talk about. And I get asked these questions all the time, which I love. Before I start, I just want to say caveat. I do not consider myself the pen ultimate expert in the Akashic records. Although I'm a certified Akashic records reader, I've been certified for the last two and a half years. And I have read for probably thousands of people at this point, lots of my students. I only offer readings to students now. So if that's something that you want, Sorry, but I know some really amazing readers who you can get in with, or you can just open your Akashic Records yourself. We'll talk about that later. But I'm going to be sharing my opinion on the Akashic Records and how I use them. And just because that's what I'm sharing with you doesn't mean it's the only way. It doesn't mean it's the right way. I mean, if you ask me, there is no right way. I'm a little bit of a, maybe a rebel in that situation because I'm like, fuck your rules. Do what works for you. Just listen to your master's teachers and loved ones. Go with it. So everything I share today is from my personal experience and are my opinions. And it's okay if you disagree with them. Take what you like, leave the rest. Personal sovereignty is lit and bing, bang, boom. That's it. But before we dive into the episode, a couple of updates from the Holisticism team. And I want to share some things that I'm loving. Screenshots. I have a really bad memory and I see things I love all the time on the internet. And so I'll screenshot my phone. So most of my camera roll is just screenshots of things that I really like or that I want to research more on or whatever it might be. Most exciting thing that I'm obsessed with right now that is screenshotted on my phone and has been honestly screenshotted on my phone for a really long time is a milk frother. This is the most nerdy thing that I've, I think I've ever, this is peak nerd. I'm just going to say it like peak boring nerd, but I've had a milk frother, a handheld milk frother for a really long time to make bulletproof coffees and to make matchas and to make all the things. And I love it. And I make a potion every single morning. I either make a coffee that I like make very magically and really intentionally, or I make a matcha or I make something called a mud water, which I'm also obsessed with, which is like sort of a turmeric chai cacao situation with adaptogens and mushrooms in it. It's awesome. But I have been using milk just period, right? I'll I'll use oat milk or coconut milk or something else. Sometimes they even use actual dairy milk, gasp. And I usually just pour it right into whatever I frothed and it's great, but it doesn't give you the same sort of froth as like, you know, a latte. And 
my friend Leah Shiros has this amazing milk frother where you pour the milk in and it froths it. It's like a little cup basically. I mean, like you all probably know what this is. It's like $20 on Amazon or Bed Bath & Beyond. It's not like the most fancy thing in the world, but oh my gosh, is it sparking joy for me? Like next level joy. It really is the little things, right? I'm a simple woman. So I got this milk frother. It's a Morocco, M-I-R-O-C-O, I think. Milk frother. It was 19 bucks. It was really inexpensive. I ordered it online and came in a couple days. I've been using it, you guys. I'm like not even eating food. I'm just making frothy drinks and it's amazing. I'm obsessed with it. Strong recommend. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Like I'm into things that cost $20 that improve your quality of life this significantly. So that's what I'm screenshotting this week. Like a nerd. And I also screenshotted this really cool deck that I'm going to get someone for Hanukkah or Christmas or just like as an I love you present called the I am and code deck and they're affirmation cards and they're beautiful. They say things like I am connected. I am everything. I am worry-free and they have a little intention on them and they're just really beautiful and well-designed and cute and cool. And I love decks. I sort of collect decks much to the chagrin of my partner, I think, because I'm always bringing a new deck home or people are gifting me decks, which I love. Like, oh my God, do you want to know the way to my heart? It's through gifting me a deck of any kind, truly. And and I love giving them. I think they make the best gifts. So that's another thing that I'm screenshotting this week, the I am and code deck. Okay. And let's get into the episode. All right. I love the Akashic Records. They are so weird. Super short background story about my experience with the Akashic Records. I moved to LA after living in New York for a really long time. And I started hearing about this thing called the Akashic Records. And I like saw flyers for them in yoga studios when I used to do yoga. And would occasionally see them, you know, events on Conscious City Guide. And I did not understand what the Akashic Records were. I could not find any information that seemed even like marginally real. Like every website that I stumbled upon that talked about the Akashic Records was like super weird. Like It was very 1999 like era word art blogs or websites, or it was like deep web conspiracy shit websites. And either way, I was kind of like, I don't know how legit this stuff is. So I kind of like put a pin in the idea of learning about the Akashic Records. And eventually I met my teacher, Helen Vonderheide, and she taught a class for holisticism. I opened my records for the first time and it was like nothing I'd ever experienced. And I went into the Akashic Records being really skeptical because I'm a really skeptical person. I'm a really logical person. And I could not explain what happened when I opened my Akashic records with logic. It was completely different than meditating or even being in like a hypnotized state. And I tried a lot of those things before. And I was able to get information from my Akashic records that I could not find in other places that was incredibly accurate and it felt like I got the keys to the universe. I had access to all this info that I wanted to know about and I could call in it whenever I wanted. So I have been 
obsessed with the Akashic Records since I became a certified Akashic Records reader through my teacher, Helen Vonderheide. She's amazing. And like I said, I've read for lots and lots and lots of people and I've got my own experiences with the Akashic Records and my experiences might be a little bit different than some people that you hear out there. I'm just like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not as reverent about anything. (laughs) I'm a little irreverent. My master's teachers and loved ones don't mind that. So everything I say about the records today is with love. And it's also with a healthy dose of skepticism because there are a lot of things about the Akashic records and how people teach them that will make your eyebrows go up to the top of your head because it's, they're objectively weird. Like there's some weird shit. There's some culty shit. There's some bullshit about the Akashic records and let's just call it what it is because they can be an amazing tool. You know, you have personal sovereignty. You get to decide if you want to use them or not. Just like you use the tarot or you use astrology or you use human design or you use conjure or you use witchcraft or spell work or herbs. And maybe you don't use all of those things all at the same time. Maybe you don't give equal weight to all of them. Maybe you don't even like using some of those tools, but just knowing that those tools are there and that they're in your back pocket and you can pull them out when you need them, I think is really lovely. And maybe your relationship with the Akashic Records will be one that's smooth, easy, and delightful. Maybe your relationship will be one that's more of a like mm, extended family that you only see every five Christmases sort of situation. No judgment either way. Do what's right for you. I'm here to just tell you my experience and how I like to work with the Akashic Records and why I think they're really helpful. So before we jump into, well, <laughs> we got to go over what they are. I've said the Akashic Records a jillion times already, but the Akashic Records are the storage container for basically everything that's happened is happening and will happen on this planet, on planet Earth, not in other galactic fields. The term Akashic Records is modern. It is modern. You are not going to find the term Akashic Record in a book that's older than 200 years old, or I would guess probably older than 150 years old. You're just not going to find it because it's a modern term. So if you try and go search for something called the Akashic Records in ancient times, you're not going to see that. However, there is a general belief that what we today call the Akashic Records has been called many other things by many other cultures and that we're all effectively talking about the same thing. This reminds me of the collective unconscious that Carl Jung talks about when he talks about archetypes. When we look at ancient cultures, especially very spiritual ancient cultures like the Egyptians, the Tibetans, the Moors, the Persians, the Greeks, the Jews, the Druids, the Indians, the Mayans, they all reference some sort of place, a plane, space, liminal space, where information is stored, all the information about what happens in the world, what happens in the universe. So this idea that there is a place or a book or a place where records are stored, information is stored, that has information that humans can't know, that is about the past, that's about the future, that's about what's happening right now. It's written down somewhere or it's recorded somewhere. This idea has persisted across cultures. So we could perhaps conclude that what we call the Akashic Records today have had many names across time and space. And only now, now that we've got things like that are connecting us, like the internet, and since globalization occurred, 
we can call them by one name. And just because we call them by one name and we have a way to open them that's very specific doesn't mean this is the only name for them. It doesn't mean it's the only way to access them. It just means that this is maybe a little bit more of a standardized way that people have discovered over time. The Akashic records are the purest frequency of love and they don't like look a certain way. So some people, when they open their records, they see like a giant library, like think Hogwarts or Oxford or a university library. Other people, when they open their records, imagine just a giant book. Some people see a filing cabinet. Other people almost touch ether, like an etheric field, and there's information stored in that light. To me, I think of the Akashic records as like a mystical cloud, <laughs> like a, like a cloud where, you know, where things go to the cloud, like a cloud that stores all the data and information from life. And we're kind of plugging our own little USB drives into this cloud and pulling down that information that's appropriate to us. Everything has an Akashic record, every person, place, thing. I have an Akashic record. You have an Akashic record. My dog has an Akashic record. Your relationships have Akashic records. So your relationship with your mom has an Akashic record and your business has an Akashic record. So we can open the records of a specific thing in order to learn more information about that thing from that thing's perspective. Again, the Akashic records are the purest frequency of love. When we're touching them and when we're accessing them, that's what's coming through. A lot of people are scared to open their records because I mean, why wouldn't you be scared? It's like super knowledge. And honestly, sometimes we don't want to know, right? We don't want to know what's in store for us because we know inevitably there's heartache, there's pain, there's sadness, but there's also life and joy and surprise and delight. So if you're a little bit nervous about opening your Akashic records, that's okay. I hope by the end of this episode, you'll feel a little bit better about it, but just know that that's really normal. And when you open your Akashic records and you talk to your master's teachers and loved ones, your MTLOs, who we're going to talk about in a second, they'll only deliver information that you're ready for. So again, this is from the highest frequency of love. Imagine someone who loves you even more than your mom or your partner, more than you love your child, an entity that loves you that much. They only share information with you that you're ready for, that you can accept, and they share it from that pure frequency of love. That doesn't always mean that they're going to talk like beautific angel grandmothers. My master's teachers and loved ones are very sharp and they are really to the point. And that is loving still. They're not like, hey, you dumb bitch. <laughs> they're like, hey, no, <laughs> we've been over this. Like, come on, gay. And you are going to have your own relationship with your master's teachers and loved ones. They might talk to you in a different way, but from all the hundreds, thousands of people that I've read, usually they are pretty clear and to the point, which is actually really nice, I think. So I talked about the broad strokes, but I want to go back just a second and acknowledge some weird things about the Akashic Records now that you kind of know what they are. So first... They have a super shady history because the term Akashic Record, like I said, is modern. And it was created by or sort of indoctrinated into this world by a woman named Helena Petrovna Blavatsky. She was in a, one of the original sort of spiritualist occultists around the turn of the century in New York City. She was originally a Russian citizen who immigrated to the United States and who would hold seances and participated in medianship. And I think she might've been part of the order of the golden dawn, or she was related in some way to that group of individuals and people. And she went to India at some point, she heard the Sanskrit term Akasha, which is, I think 
translated as like, I don't speak Sanskrit. So I think it's described or translated into English as life force energy or the matter that makes up life. And she was like, Akasha, great word. I'm going to start using that. So she started using the word Akasha to describe sort of the energy in the ethers around us. And eventually she started using the term Akashic record to describe the information that is stored in this plane. And that's how the term Akashic records became normalized for lack of a better word in the spiritual community. And Edgar Cayce, who is the original, like the OG medical medium, he really popularized the Akashic records even more because he would say that he opened someone's Akashic records. He eventually began to call it this when he would be figuring out what was wrong with them and he would get information that would cure them or heal them or help them. And he would say that he would open their Akashic record, the book, this book of life, that's where all their information is written. And he would read the information. Edgar Casey is also super sketch. I mean, like go check him out, obviously do a Google, but a lot of the stuff that he said came true. A lot of the stuff that he said was bullshit. And it's like the same with Nostradamus or any mystic that we look at historically. They have some things that they were like spot on correct and it's really creepy. And you're like, how did they know that? And then there are other things that did not age well, you know? So both of these individuals, Helena Blavatsky and Edgar Casey, really were the OGs talking about the Akashic Records, although the Akashic Record, like we said, or what we call the Akashic Records, has existed probably for eternity. And these Western people decided to perhaps take it, make it their own. And that is, <laughs> that's on cultural appropriation. So finally, who our modern teacher is Linda Howe, and she's really the person that we look to today for information about the Akashic Records. She's literally written the book on the Akashic Records. I think she's written three books. And she's also my teacher's teacher. Helen Vonderheide is my teacher, and she studies directly under Linda Howe. She's like one of seven people on the planet who's allowed to teach what Linda Howe teaches, something like that. She's awesome. And that is where a lot of the information that we get presently, or the sort of like what's canon about the Akashic Records comes from. Linda Howe popularized the pathway process prayer, which is the way that we access the records. Both Helena Blavatsky and Edgar Casey, and also Dr. Linda Howe have said that modern people, people born in this century can access the Akashic Records, but people in the past were not able to unless they sat in deep meditation or prayer or contemplation for days or weeks or months or even years in some situations. Because in the past, people were not as spiritually evolved, apparently. And we are, we've leveled up in some way. We are more open and available to the information to touch the Akashic Records essentially and get that information and use it wisely. So in the past, people who were deeply spiritual and religious were accessing the Akashic records through prayer and meditation, like I said. And depending on who you're talking to, someone who's a huge fan of the Akashic records might say, oh yeah, you know, Joan of Arc, when she was praying, she was talking to the Akashic records. She was getting information from the Akashic records or Nostradamus was getting information from the Akashic records. Depends on who you're talking to, but that's the general belief. And now, since we're all so high vibe, hashtag, I mean, also like, I don't know about that. I don't know 
high vibe we are. But because we are elevated, we can all open the Akashic Records without any trouble or pain. All we have to do is say this pathway process prayer, which is super easy and really short. And bing, bang, boom, we've got the Akashic Records open and we can ask anything that we want. So how do the Akashic Records work? Well, you kind of get the gist, but let's go through the steps. First, we prepare some questions. So we ask questions to our masters, teachers, and loved ones who are sort of our translators of the Akashic Records. If you're thinking about the hierarchy of this, because I know I'm throwing out some vocab words, we've got our Akashic Record. Imagine that is the cloud, right? And then we've got our lords of the Akashic Records. They are sort of like the bouncers. (laughs) And Dr. Linda Howe says these are light beings that would melt our human brains, basically. And so we can't directly communicate with them. They're who touch and pull information from the Akashic Records and pass it down to our masters, teachers, and loved ones. Our masters, teachers, and loved ones, MTLOs, are effectively our spiritual team. They're the team that follows us through our life and guides us. And everyone has an individual set of masters, teachers, and loved ones, or their own spiritual team. We all have our own. And the Lords of the Akashic Records pass information to the masters, teachers, and loved ones, your masters, teachers, and loved ones, to deliver that to you. Think of your MTLOs as your translators of the Akashic Records. They give you information in a way that you can understand. So they'll show you images that you know, or they'll use words that you are already familiar with, or they'll bring up feelings or situations that you have a connotation with to help you understand the point that your Akashic records want you to understand. So we've got our Akashic record, the Lords of the Akashic records, and then underneath them, basically our MTLOs, and then us at the bottom of this food chain. So how does the Akashic record work? First, we ask our questions. So we spend some time crafting some quality questions. And to me, this is the most important part. If I only had 30 minutes to open my Akashic records, which is plenty of time, I would probably spend 15 minutes crafting questions. Honestly, you're going to get so much more information. Well, not so much more information, but you're going to get a lot of really valuable information just by checking in with yourself and seeing if the question that you want to ask is one that you already know the answer to. So often we turn sort of unthinkingly to the tarot or to our spiritual team or to something like the Akashic Records to ask big questions like, when am I going to find the love of my life? What's my purpose? Why am I not making all the money that I want to make? Whatever it might be. And a lot of the time we know the answer (laughs) or we have an idea of the answer and we kind of want the easy way out to just have someone tell us when in reality, deep down, we know. And a lot of the time we don't know, right? So we want to get more information. But this is where I think we really have a lot of power in how we use the Akashic Records by crafting the right questions. So spend some time asking and creating who, what, when, where, why questions. You can't ask yes or no questions to the Akashic Records. You can try. You're just not going to get very accurate answers. So if you're asking, should I go on a trip? Reframe that question to something like, what's the best possible outcome if I go on this trip? Or what do I need to know about going on this trip? Or how will this trip get me closer to my goal of relaxing? It's pretty easy to just reframe, y'all. 
we create our questions and then we open our Akashic record by saying the pathway process prayer. You can grab the pathway process prayer at holisticism.com backslash Akashic dash records. It's just a PDF download. And I actually include 44 example questions if you're curious to know what that looks like. But the prayer is super simple. Dr. Linda Howe created it. If you're someone who used to go to church or grew up religious and you feel a little like, I don't know if I want to say a prayer, that's okay. It's not religious at all. In my opinion, it's more of a poem that we just say out loud. And then you say it silently twice. Instructions are on the PDF. Don't worry about it. And once you say the prayer, your records open up and for me, it feels like the top of my head opens up and all this information pours in. Everyone's master's teachers and loved ones talk to them in different ways and you experience the information from the records in different ways. If you're clairaudient, you might hear something. If you're clairsentient, you might feel something. If you're claircognizant, you might just have this deep sense of knowing of what the answer is. It's not always like there's a secret service agent in your ear whispering the answers to you. It doesn't always feel like that. And sometimes even, you know, our Akashic records, our MTLOs communicate to us in ways that we're not used to communicating. I have this amazing student, Maggie, Maggie, if you're out there, I love you, who is so psychic and intuitive and sensitive. She was a projector and she had the hardest time opening up her Akashic records at the jump. And she was getting really frustrated about it. She kept saying, I only feel like buzzing in my hands and that's it. I'm not getting answers. I'm not getting any information. So we opened up her records together because sometimes that can help to just sort of like troubleshoot what the problem is. It's like screen sharing, but in your records. And we kind of, you know, navigated to what that feeling or sensation was in her hands. And she'd just been sort of dismissing it as energy and ignoring it, looking for something else. Like, ugh, you know, that's just the energy in my hands, whatever. Where's the actual information? And when she dove in a little bit deeper to figure out what that was saying to her, all of a sudden she knew she would use the term, my hands are telling me this. It would be like, my hands are telling me that you need to allow your boyfriend to give you more space and take care of you. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like my hands are telling me that it's hot in the room. It was really specific information. And that's because we as humans, we're really limited on the way that we communicate, right? We communicate through maybe body language and through words and through eye rolls, if you're me or emojis. And that's it. I mean, we don't even use telekinesis. Come on. So just know that your Akashic records and your MTLOs might communicate with you in a way that you're not expecting. So if you don't immediately hear someone whispering in your ear, it's not that you're doing it wrong. Just sit with it and see what's coming up for you. So once our records are open, then we ask our questions and we'll go through. I usually write my questions down on a piece of paper or I actually re-record them in Notion because I don't like typing when I'm open in my records. I write everything down in a notebook and then I'll sometimes transfer it over. But you'll ask your question. You can ask it out loud or you can ask it silently. Perhaps your question is, what is my purpose? You'll wait for the answer and then you'll write that down. And then you'll move on to your next question. And if you don't understand what comes through, you can always say, I don't understand. Can you say it in a different way? Or you can ask follow-up questions like, well, what does that mean? Or give me more information. This is a conversation above all things. You're connecting to your MTLOs and you know, you're like both sitting at the table equally. There doesn't need to be deference to them. You're working together. You're communicating together. So ask questions, ask follow-ups, have an actual conversation. And then when we're done, we close up our Akashic records by saying the closing prayer and 
we go into action because your MTLOs and the Akashic Records deliver information to you. But at the end of the day, we have free will. Our Akashic Record shows us the most likely outcome based on the trajectory that we're on. I like to think of the Akashic Records not as this sort of just because I'm a really skeptical person, I'm going to be honest with you, not as this like massive hall full of golden records. I like to think of it as multiverse theory. It's sort of like a bird's eye view of this quantum theory called multiverse theory that basically posits that there are infinite universes that sit nestled right next to each other that exist, that coexist at the same time in the same space all at once. So in this reality where you're listening to this podcast, there's infinite other realities sitting right next to you where you're also listening to this podcast, but maybe one thing is different. Maybe there's someone walking outside your window, maybe in another universe, your hair is short, maybe in another universe, all of a sudden I pause. And in all of these different universes, there are different outcomes. You're on different trajectories. Sometimes your actions make a big difference in your trajectory and completely change the course of your life. Even though they're tiny actions, like, I don't know, getting up to go to the bathroom right now could completely change how your life looks or not. So I like to think of the Akashic Records as sort of like my master's teachers and loved ones looking at all these multiple universes that exist next to each other and saying, all right, your actions, like doing the quick math and being like, yeah, where you're at right now, this is the most likely outcome. But If you want to pop into another universe, you can. You just are going to have to change some of your actions. And it might be really, really challenging. Like the the odds might be very small because most of the universes, this is the direction you're moving in. But there's still a chance. We still have free will. We still have some control over our destiny. That's how I make the Akashic Records work in my brain because I also can't logic my way out of the information that I get from them. Like I can't explain it. It's different than intuition or just my own intuition. And in fact, if you're very skeptical and you're also very intuitive like me, I recommend asking a bunch of questions or preparing your questions and then just touch base with your intuition, get really quiet and answer those questions from your intuition or from your higher self or doing automatic writing. And then open your Akashic records and see what answers you get and answer the same questions. I can almost guarantee that you will get very different answers when you open your records versus when you touch base with your intuition and they won't be contradictory to each other. They will just give you information in different ways. It's like looking at a crystal and holding it up to the light and then moving it around and looking at it from all the angles, as opposed to just that 2D perspective, the front perspective. You're just getting more information. And to that point, information is just information, right? Intuition is just information until we decide to act on it. It's nothing. It it is neutral until you decide to move in a direction. So you could get something really amazing from your Akashic Records like, yo, you're going to win the lottery and you're going to meet the love of your life. And you're going to move to this amazing house in the middle of the woods and you're going to be so happy. It's going to be amazing. And you can be like, oh, fabulous. And then if you just sit on the couch and watch Netflix for a year and you're pissed that none of those things happen, it's because you didn't do anything with the information, right? You have to do something with the information that our MTLOs tell us. And especially when it comes to your business, you're going to be asking questions about what you can do to achieve whatever your dreams are in the work that you do. And you got to be in action. They'll tell you exactly what to do, but at the end of the day, you have free will when it comes to implementing the advice that you've been given. And that means that you can pick and choose the advice that you want. 
So just giving you that you have free will. You do. Nothing is set in stone. There's so many portals to different universes that we can create for ourselves. And that's really fucking cool. All right. Now that we know kind of what the Akashic records are and how they work, how do we use them in our business? Because I'm sure you can imagine how you would use the Akashic records for the big questions, capital B, capital Q, the BQs questions like what's my purpose? When am I going to meet my soulmate or have I met my soulmate? Why am I here? What are my biggest gifts and talents? Who was I in a past life? All of these questions are great questions to have. And they get old really fast because once you ask them, you already know the answer. <laughs> like It's not like it changes. So I like to use the Akashic Records for like my day-to-day stuff and for a lot of the work that I do in my business. You can use the Akashic Records however you want, especially in your business and in your work. But I've got mm, eh, four different ways that I like to use them. The first way I like to use the Akashic Records is by creating an Akashic audit. I know that this sounds very type A, but just, just go with me on it. Basically, I like to ask the same questions of my Akashic Records every few months. I use this as a check-in point where I can measure my growth from session to session. And I like to do this because it helps me track my time and it helps me track my progress on what I've been reaching towards. It also reminds me of what's important to me. So I'll craft questions around things like my impact or my revenue or my retention or even my business's purpose and the trajectory that we're on. And I'll check in every quarter, every six months. It really depends and see if anything has changed. And sometimes there's a really big shift and other times there isn't, but it can be nice to just have this anchoring moment in your work where you can tap into a higher power, a greater sense of knowledge, a bird's eye view and see that where you're going. Because sometimes in your work, you feel amazing, right? You feel like you can see the future and you're making the future and you're taking all the steps to go there and it's crystalline, it's clear. And other times it is like you are snorkeling through mud. Like (laughs) it's not that dope. You don't like it. It's really unclear. There is no path. You have no idea if you're going in the right direction, if you're swimming up, if you're swimming down, if you're swimming sideways. And that can be really scary and disorienting. And I find that just tapping into the Akashic Records with an Akashic audit every three to six months can help write your ship and get you in the direction that you want to go. I also open the records of every product that I make to learn more about that product and who it serves. I know that this sounds like also, well, to decide if I want to make that product. Typically what happens for me in the way that I work is I'll get this brilliant idea for something that I want to make because I'll hear that people need something. I'll be like, Oh, I can help with that. And here's the truth. I'm lazy. (laughs) I'm a projector. So I don't have all the energy in the world. And I know that I can do anything. I can do anything, but I can't do everything. I have to be discerning with my time and my attention and my focus and also my resources, my resources of the money that I spend, the resources of my team and my team's energy and focus and attention. And my intuition, my visionary moments, my inspiration, right? These objects are not finite necessarily, but I sort of view these things as, as being like either at capacity or not like having some room or spaciousness to them. So 
I will, before I begin making a product, I'll just tap into my Akashic records and I'll ask things like, what's the viability of this product? What is the life cycle of this product? Is it something that I'm going to have for months or is it something that I'm going to have for years in my business? And is that worth it to me? Who is this for? How can I best communicate the value of it? What should I charge for this product or service? And what am I not seeing about the business or about this product that I need to know to understand how to make this happen? And when I get that information, when I'm able to see these answers lined up, I can make a better choice as to whether I want to move forward with that product or that idea, or if I want to drop it. And a lot of the time I'll drop it because I'll have a brilliant idea, what what I think is a brilliant idea. And then I'll see that there are too many roadblocks or there's going to be too much energy that I need to exert to make it happen. That's going to take away from the other things that I'm doing that are just so correct. And that's the tough thing about being an entrepreneur or a creative or a visionary or an innovator is you have to kill your darling. Sometimes you can't do everything. You can do anything, but you can't do everything. And that's okay. That's actually the sign of someone who's really wise and thoughtful. In my opinion, is someone who is discerning with their time and energy and knows their shit, knows what's for them and knows what isn't for them and is able to move forward with confidence. And I think that's the point. That's the point of asking your records about the product that you're going to make. It helps you move forward with confidence, either knowing this is going to work and there's a reason that I've got to do this. Even if it doesn't have the financial outcome that I want to have, I'm going to learn something or it doesn't. (laughs) So I will always open the Akashic Records when I'm making a new product. I also open my records to create my big goals for every quarter and to figure out my ideal work schedule. I'm going to be honest with you. I used to do my ideal work schedule a lot more. I used to do it like at least once a month. I'd open my Akashic Records and I'd just ask, what's my ideal work schedule to get the things done that I want to get done? What's my ideal amount of time that I need to be resting? Is there anything else I need to know about my health or my energy in order to be on purpose? And I don't do that as much anymore because I feel like I know a lot better. When I started holisticism, I used to wake up at like four in the morning and write my newsletter or do work on the business. And then I'd go to work at like 9am and I'd work my desk job as an, like a global editorial director of a tech company. And then I'd come home and I'd work more on holisticism. I worked a ton and I got really, really tired and burnt out, not burnt out, but just really tired. And when I finally left my desk job, my day job, and I started freelancing to have more flexibility in my time, I kind of didn't know what to do, like how to structure my days. And so tapping into my Akashic Records was really helpful because it just gave me structure, which I really needed. Now at this point, I kind of know what works better for my body and for my energy. And also because I have now a team of people that I work with, I'm like a little less free balling. You know, we have a little more structure, but I do find that asking what my ideal work schedule was super helpful when I first got started. And it more often than not gave me more permission to rest and also gave me really helpful tips. You know, sometimes I would ask what's my ideal work schedule and my MTLOs were like, you're not allowed to work before 9am. And you can only work from like nine to two. I was like, okay, great. Other days, other opportunities where I'd open up my records, they'd say, you're only allowed to take calls on Wednesdays. That's it. The rest of your schedule, we don't give a shit. Like do whatever you want. And these little tidbits, you know, and I would always ask like, why? What, to what end? Like, what's the point of that? Because I wanted to know. 
And I would learn so much from that, you know, when it came to doing phone calls and meetings, my MTLs, I remember saying, were like, because you're spending way more time throwing energy out to other people than you are sitting, reflecting and dreaming and visioning. And that's what you need to be doing. It's also important that you don't just like go into your hobbit hole and ignore everyone forever. You need to like be a person and network and talk to people because you also get inspired by people and you suck at like finding the happy medium. So we're helping you find the happy medium by creating some boundaries for you. And that was really, really helpful for me. But other than asking about my ideal work schedule, I really do open my records for every single quarterly recap that I do for myself and for the business at Holisticism. So every quarter, I'll look at the four pillars of our business, growth, revenue, retention, and impact. And I'll figure out what my sort of small goals are for the next three months, the next 90 days. And then I'll look at how I'm doing according to my bigger vision for the year. I don't really like to use the word goal because I am much more flexible around these visions or these ideals than I used to be with things like smart goals, but I'll check in with my Akashic records and I'll listen to what they're saying. A lot of the time they just affirm what I've already have on my plate or they'll tell me not to do something. (laughs) Very rarely do they say like, you've got to do this. Sometimes they do, but that's how I'll use the records. So I'll open them up for at the very end of the quarter, right before I'm about to start a new quarter and sort of get my instructions. And sometimes if I didn't fulfill the things that I set out to fulfill, I'll check in with the MTLOs and ask, you know, is this something that should carry over to the next quarter? Is it important that I achieve this or that I accomplish this or that I check this off my list? And sometimes they'll say yes. And sometimes they'll say no, but that reset, that quarterly reset to just get the insight on the bigger picture, I find to be really helpful. And finally, I open my Akashic Records when I'm feeling stuck or when I need inspiration or when I'm creating something. So every course that I've made, I have opened my Akashic Records to make the course. And every time I make content for the North Node, I tap into my Akashic Records to see what the theme should be and why we need to focus on something. Of course, I take into consideration the feedback that I get from my community and I always test my ideas, but they really start with the Akashic records. And when it comes to actually creating them, once I've decided that this is a viable product, enough people want it, like I've made the MVP or I've made a demo or I've made a beta version, which is just, you know, a first version of this product or service that I want to offer. And enough people have validated it and said, Ooh, I would totally buy that. Or I'd love to join that. Or that sounds so interesting. I want in. Then I can go forward and start to make the thing. Right. And often what I'll do is I'll sit down and I'll open my Akashic records and I'll say, tell me what I need to know, or show me what I need to know about what's in this product. And I'll just start writing post-it notes and I'll post those post-it notes like all over the walls of my house of my, of my office. And then once they are done giving me the information, I ask for help organizing the information. And then I organize it into either modules or structures or months or whatever it is that I'm doing slides. And then usually I close my records up and I'll get to work and I'll do sort of like, you know, I'll, I'll get to the detail stuff. I also have opened my records to write things like, email sequences. In fact, if you want to learn more about the Akashic Records, go to holisticism.com and on the front page, there's the 14-day psychic superpower email course. It's free. 
And that is a primer on the Akashic Records that I I wrote with my Akashic Records open. It's really fun. When I went back and read it the first time, I was like, I can't believe I wrote this. And then I was like, oh, I didn't. (laughs) My Akashic Records wrote it. That's cool. So if you want to learn a little bit more and try the records for yourself, I really recommend starting there because it's straight from the horse's mouth. They they created that structure and system. There are so many ways that you can use your Akashic Records in your business. You can ask about your pricing. You can ask about who your ideal client is. You can really ask what your purpose is and why your business exists. You can go for those BQs, the big questions, or you can rely on your MTLOs to help you with the minutiae, the day-to-day stuff. You'll notice that as you get more confident in yourself and your business and your capabilities, that you might rely less on the Akashic Records. And I think that that's awesome. (laughs) And really the point, you know, there's this rule, according to Dr. Linda Howe, that you can't drink or do drugs 24 hours before opening your records. And in true rebel form, I was like, bullshit, that's a stupid rule. Like, why would they make that rule? I don't like being fenced in. Not that I even drink. You guys, like I have half a glass of like biodynamic organic wine and I'm like, oh, I'm so hungover. Oh, I feel so mad. So it's not like this is a big deal, but I just don't like rules for the sake of having rules, you know? And that's what this felt like. So the cool thing about the Akashic Records and your MTLOs is that you can just ask. You can have a conversation and say, what the fuck? (laughs) Why can't I have my tiny glass of biodynamic wine when I'm making bolognese for my partner? Like, come on, that's part of cooking. So I asked, what's the deal with that? And my MTLO said two things. First, that doesn't apply to you. So maybe that rule won't apply to you, dear reader. And they said, the reason that we have this rule And the intention of this rule, at least for you, Michelle, is we don't want you to come to us in a state of duress. We don't want you to come to us when you are trying to triage a situation or you're experiencing a emergency situation or a trauma. We want you to come to us and ask your questions and have conversations with us when you are feeling complete and confident in yourself, not when you are rapidly searching for answers because you're feeling lost and you're feeling scared. Like, I don't know. I don't want to, I'll speak from the eye. I know that there's a difference for me when I am scared, anxious, right? When like things are moving really fast and I am freaking out and it's my breath starts to speed up and, sl- and gets a little bit you know, more shallow and my blood pressure rises and it feels like everything is happening so fast and I can't keep up with it. That's a certain type of scared. There's the other type of scared that's more existential. (laughs) That's kind of like, I don't know the answer. And right now I'm okay. And I'm figuring out the answer, but sort of like it's looming over me that I don't know the bigger answer, right? Or I don't know the direction that I want to go in but it's not that emergency fear or emergency scared situation. For me, my MTLOs want me to approach them when I have self-soothed, when I have gotten through that panic situation and when I can really come to them being a fully sovereign person, right? Not just leaning on them in emergencies or when I really, really need help. And so I tend to pour a glass of wine when I'm feeling really, really, really stressed. Or I don't don't remember the last time I was drunk, but I'm sure in my 20s, I would totally go get wasted when I couldn't deal with the world or when I was feeling overwhelmed. And 
for me, the lesson was don't come to me. Don't come to us when you're feeling that way. Come to us when you've had a moment to sit, when you've regulated yourself and when you can come in and actually hear what we have to say, as opposed to looking to us for solace or to like put a bandaid on your owie. So (laughs) that might be the same for you. You might have a different experience. You might be able to drink buttloads of wine when you talk to your Akashic Records, you might not be able to at all. It really depends on your unique experience. This is not one size fits all. There's no like rule book for the Akashic Records. There's no rule book for spirituality, in my opinion, other than your own personal rule book. So that's the Akashic Records and how I use them in my business. You can go to holisticism.com backslash Akashic biz, Akashic, A-K-A-S-H-I-C dash biz, B-I-Z. And you'll be able to download some questions that will help you open up your Akashic records and that you can begin to ask your Akashic records for all four of the situations that I laid out here for your Akashic audit, for your coming up with content for your big quarterly goals and your ideal work schedule and for if you want to make a product or a service. So you can go find that at holisticism.com backslash Akashic dash biz, B-I-Z. And that's all I've got for you today. I can't wait to hear how using the Akashic Records works for you. And if you try it, I I really want to know. So hit me up, send me a text, shoot me a DM on the gram and I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you want to learn more about the Akashic Records, we have tons of resources on holisticism. I teach about the Akashic Records in the North Node, our amazing community of intuitive leaders and entrepreneurs, which actually opens up in just two weeks. We open the doors to the North Node twice a year in January and in July. And it's so fun. I can't wait. We've got 300 amazing entrepreneurs in there. And I can't wait to see who comes in because it's going to be such a good year. But we go really deep on the Akashic Records there and how to use them. Like I said, I only offer Akashic Records readings to my students. So if that's something that's interesting to you. Joining the North Node is a way to get access to that. And at the end of the day, you can open your Akashic Records yourself. You don't need help. You don't need a certified Akashic Records reader to show you. You don't need a $700 course to open your Akashic Records. All you need to do is say the pathway process prayer and trust yourself and practice. And you've got all the answers that you need. So I hope that you are able to explore this tool and I hope you enjoy it. Or I hope that you just are able to explore it and say, cool, not for me. I'm going to try something else, but know that it's there in case you ever want to, you know, revisit it again. All right. That's our episode. Thanks for listening. It helps us so much when you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you write a review and you send me a screenshot, I will send you a special surprise. So that's my ethical bribe. And I hope you have the best day ever. And I can't wait to see how the Akasha Guards go for you. All right, my friends, I'll see you on the internet. Bye.